the other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Dr. Sky joining me in mere moments. Start queuing up with your space questions. 1-800-848-WABC. One of the things that we've been following is the new city reading curriculum, which I think shows a lot of promise. In the fall, tens of thousands of children will be taught to read using a new curriculum called Into Reading. But according to some researchers at my alma mater, NYU, the materials they'll use fail to embrace students' culture, identities, and context. Floor Khan, a national campaign researcher at NYU, said the following. To include characters of color but not necessarily have any background or context or complexity. The question they keep asking is, why do these curriculum companies keep pushing these same narratives where they're centering white Eurocentric texts and inventors, right? What happens is you have a huge number of individuals from all different types of backgrounds and cultures that they're choosing not to center. They've issued a report studying three of the nation's most popular reading curricula, including the one that New York is going to be using. And they assembled an evaluation team of public school parents, students, educators who read samples of each curriculum, including an into reading passage on inventors focused on Thomas Edison and Henry Ford. And they are claiming that this isn't sufficiently culturally responsive. What a load of hooey. Now, I don't think there is any curriculum in reading or any other subject that's perfect or any curriculum that's going to meet everyone's goals of what should be in it. But the bottom line is we're talking about how to teach children to read. And that is something that New York is falling way short on at the moment. And this is a very ambitious laudatory plan by Chancellor David Banks. If you're going to find fault with it, find fault with whether or not it's going to teach children to read or not. This cultural responsive BS is just that. It's bullshale. Don't get distracted by this. Focus on teaching children to read. Beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight good morrow everyone this is the other side of midnight on 77 wabc i'm frank morano i think a lot of you know of my passion for am radio and how frustrated i am that major car manufacturers like ford are considering doing away with am radio in new vehicles well a listener named danny brought this to my attention the federal government back in 1990 passed something called the Hotel and Motel Safety Act. In essence, it mandated that the feds would only pay for hotel rooms and functions if the facility followed some pretty hefty fire safety rules. They had to have sprinklers, emergency exits, etc. This basically forced all large hotels and banquet halls, etc. to get up to spec very quickly and become standard in any new place under construction. Now, if we're seriously saying that AM radio is vital to emergency communications and keeping people informed in the event of an emergency. What if the federal government were to mandate AM radios in any cars used by federal fleets? 
If Ford wants to do away with AM radio, then all of a sudden the government wouldn't buy Ford. And there's no reason municipal governments like New York City couldn't do the same thing. So I just put out a tweet on this, at Frank Morano. It's been retweeted by a lot of folks. I tagged a lot of the Congress members in our listening area. And if you want to share it, you can find me on Twitter, at Frank Morano, and retweet it. Our owner, John Katsimatidis, has been a warrior on this issue. He has pointed out that when there's an emergency, a power outage, you might need information, and internet may not be available. And if you want to join this cause, go to wabcradio.com slash radio and sign the petition. That's wabcradio.com slash radio. Those of us here at WABC need your support to save AM radio. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Well, obviously, I'm very interested in New York politics, and I just love when a New York political story becomes a national political story, which happens more often than you might expect. And it is happening with the man who used to refer to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn. Yes, that's right. New York Mayor Eric Adams, the highest profile black mayor in the country, has gotten so crossways with the White House that he was dropped from Biden's 2024 campaign advisory board before it was announced last week. And this rebuke from Team Biden reflects a new low in relations between President Biden and the mayor, who was set to be a key surrogate for the campaign. They're fighting over immigration, they're fighting over crime, and they're fighting essentially over Adams' willingness to publicly criticize the administration. Now, this isn't just personal, it's part of a potential crisis for the campaign. Many Democratic state and city officials quietly agree with Adams and are happy he's taking flack on their behalf. These Democrats in other cities are running out of patience with this administration, especially over what they see is a lack of financial support for these immigration solutions or dealing with massive migration across the southern border. Now, Adams, to his credit, especially of late, has bluntly criticized the White House's handling of the recent surge of migrants crossing the U.S. border. I think that this is one of the things I like best about Adams. His willingness to speak truth to power, his willingness to be independent, his willingness to stand up even against the leader of his own party. And I'll tell you, when uh, Rudy Giuliani would do this, when he would criticize national Republicans or statewide Republicans, I gave him credit for being independent, for standing up for New Yorkers instead of standing up for Republicans. When Mike Bloomberg was a Republican and he did the same thing, I gave him credit as well. Ditto John Lindsay. I think there's nothing wrong and nothing unusual, quite frankly, about a mayor speaking out, even if it means standing up against your own party. I hope he keeps at it. And for these cowards in other cities to let Adams take the slings and arrows on their behalf, maybe you should start speaking up too. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Next month is the primary here in New York City. 
And one of the most hotly contested Democratic primaries for city council next month just saw the incumbent drop out of the race. Now, you might think that that makes this race all of a sudden less competitive. I think there's something to be said about the opposite being true. I think this may actually make the race a bit more competitive. It has to do with the story of city council member Kristen Richardson, who announced yesterday that she would end her re-election campaign. She's the council member from Harlem, and she has not yet said why she's not running for re-election. The person she's probably closest to on the city council is city council member Charles Barron. And Charles Barron told city and state that she was under a tremendous amount of pressure. And it's a damn shame that the machine and the media pressured this young lady who was a rising star in Harlem in the electoral arena out of the race because it's not easy. I make it look easy sometimes, but it's not easy getting beat up like that by the media and the machine. Two very powerful forces in the electoral arena. Leave it to Charles Barron to to pay himself a compliment. Sure enough, Richardson Jordan was the subject of many negative news stories, but most of these were deserved. You had her very slow response to police officers being shot in her district. You had her very poor attendance record, where she missed nearly half of the council meetings she was expected at. She was also very bruised for her role in blocking a major mixed-use development project called 145, which she argued contained too many market units and was too tall. You heard the developer of that project, Bruce Teitelbaum, on the radio with Dominic Carter a couple of months ago. She was a disaster, and I was actively rooting against her in the primary. And I hope now that she's not running for re-election, this will pave the way for Assemblymember Inez Dickens, a Democrat who really cares a great deal about the crime issue. Let's see what happens, but uh, she's facing a competitive primary from Assemblymember Al Taylor, activist Youssef Salam, who has the backing of the Manhattan Democratic chair, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think uh, this could be good news for Inez Dickens, but I think it's still going to be a very competitive race. Beam me up! To be continued.